your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 480 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head to head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. And uh, the Rangers coming off of a really exciting, really satisfying win. That's the best word for it. And a big shout out to Anthony because uh, Anthony was responding to one of my tweets yesterday during the game. It's Saturday morning as I'm recording this just for kind of a frame of reference here. But Anthony called it a very satisfying win. And again, I think that's just the perfect word for it. This is a situation where the Rangers had to come from behind. They had to overcome a little bit of a shaky start. They had to beat a good team in their barn on the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, that's always a little bit tricky. I imagine these players were eating turkey just like everybody else, and then you've got a day game after Thanksgiving. So that's not easy to find your fifth gear, you know, so soon after Thanksgiving dinner or whatever it might be. But uh, yeah, you know, props to the Rangers for coming back and, you know, pulling away in what was a close game. This was a tie game in the third period, and the Rangers ended up, you know, getting a couple of late goals and uh, winning 5-2 to two fairly comfortably in the end. But, uh, you know, don't take my word for it. Just listen to uh, what Ryan Strom had to say after the game here. This is what he had to say about, you know, just the whole situation, pulling away from the Bruins late, getting two points on the road against a good team. This is what Strom had to say. 2-2 in Boston in the past. We're young. We're a little fragile. You never know what can happen. But tonight, we stick with it. We've got a different feel to our team, and we find a way to get a win. And I think that's very true and also a great point by Ryan Strom. And something that I love about this game and something that kind of emerged in my thought process as I was watching this game in the third period here is that recently with the Rangers, it just feels like they are getting contributions from every different spot in this lineup. It feels like it's a true team effort, cliche or not. Every single guy is going out there. Every single guy brings something positive, brings something unique to the table for basically every single game that the Rangers play. And it just feels like it's a different hero every single night. Obviously, this team was leaning on Igor Shesterkin pretty heavily at the start of the season, and he continues to be one of the best goalies in hockey and one of the best players on the New York Rangers. But I think now we're seeing that this is Far from just a one-man show. I mean, everybody on this Ranger team, like I said, is contributing in one way or another. Uh, you had Julian Gauthier picking up a couple of assists last night. Happy for him. You know, he's a hard-working player and somebody that if seems like, you know, his coach is starting to believe in him and getting more opportunities and is taking advantage of it. He's getting to the point where, you know, he might become a regular fixture in this lineup if he continues to play the way that he does and he doesn't have to check whether he's a healthy scratch or not. That could happen with Julian Gauthier. Dryden Hunt is another one. You know, we thought coming into this season, he was just organizational depth. He's somebody that's just got to be playing, you know, maybe with the Hartford Wolfpack or he might be a healthy scratch on certain nights. And I think he was a healthy scratch once or twice early in the season. Uh, but he's now a fixture in the Rangers' top six. He's play basically playing the Jesper Foss role 
that we saw work so well for this Ranger team just a couple of seasons ago when you had Panarin, Stroman, Foss on the same line. Foss was kind of the grinder and the guy that was going to go and do the dirty work, uh, you know, along the boards and whatnot. And we see Dryden Hunt. He is playing that role to a T right now. And he also ends up with a couple of assists in this game. So a multi-point game for Dryden Hunt. And it's funny because we did our crossover episode with Gil Martin of Locked on Islanders. And I made a bold prediction that Dryden Hunt would have a multiple point game against the Islanders. He did not. I was one game too early though. Dryden Hunt ends up coming up with a pair of assists here uh, against the Bruins and helps the Rangers get this win here. But yeah, I mean, just great stuff overall. And something else that I want to talk about here is every now and then, even now, even even with this Ranger team being on a, a big time hot streak, here and, you know, just winning games left and right, I see a couple of people, and it's a minority, but you go on Twitter and you see people that say like, oh, you know, the Rangers, they uh, they never play a full 60, and the only reason that their record is where it is right now is because Igor Shesterkin is standing on his head. Now, it's true that Igor Shesterkin has been the man. He's been incredible, and like I said, he carried this team on his back at times early in the season. I don't really think that's the case right now, and Igor Shesterkin has still been very, very good. Don't get me wrong, and he is one of the best players on the Rangers. He is one of the best goalies in hockey, but I, again, I, I think that the Rangers are doing more as a team now. They're not just leaning on him and overly being overly dependent on him to basically save their bacon game in and game out. And I'm going to continue talking about both of these two concepts, the concept of playing a full 60 and this idea that Igor Shesterkin is the only reason why the Rangers have a good record right now, because I, I don't think either one is true. I think the Rangers mostly do play full 60s, and I think that Igor Shesterkin, while he's been great, not the only reason why this Ranger team is excelling right now. So we're going to get into all that in just a second here. But first, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup, winner take all. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head to head is what daily fantasy should be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey. Use promo code hockey for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash hockey, promo code hockey, terms and conditions apply. And just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And uh, before we go a second further here, I just wanted to mention that we will eventually get to the Artemi Panarin, Brad Marchand stuff. There's actually some new information coming out as I'm recording this right now, so I figure we'll save that for toward the end of the episode. But I wanted to get back to this concept, this idea that the Rangers don't play a full 60 very often. And again, it's not everybody saying this, but there are some people on Twitter, even Ranger fans, who are claiming that this team never plays a full 60. And it depends what you mean by playing a full 60. I want to kind of just dive into this a little bit deeper here, because to me, playing a full 60 minutes does not necessarily mean that you absolutely dominate your opponent for 60 consecutive minutes. This is the NHL. It's very difficult to do that. There are games where it happens, and obviously any team that can pull that off, you know, just skate circles around their opponent for 60 consecutive minutes, I don't care who you're playing. 
uh, that's a tremendous accomplishment. But to me, playing a full 60 does not mean having the better of play from the opening face-off until the final horn. Playing a full 60 is giving an honest effort for 60 minutes. It's not taking any shifts off. It's having your head in the game. It's being engaged and ready to compete every time you step onto the ice. It's not relying on your goalie to save the day, as the Rangers were doing a little bit earlier in the season. I think recently, even in this game against the Bruins, the Rangers, for the most part, have been playing a full 60 minutes. Now, that does not mean, as we just established, that they dominated for 60 minutes. In fact, if you watch the first period of this game, I think it's pretty obvious the Rangers did not dominate for 60 minutes. The Rangers were outshot 17-5 to in the first period. I think they probably got a little bit lucky being tied at the first intermission here. But be that as it may, I don't think it's a case where the Rangers weren't ready to play. You know, they just, uh, they were they were lethargic. I don't think it was anything like that. I think for a while in this game, they were simply getting outplayed by a very good Boston Bruins team. We may not like the Bruins. I, I imagine most people listening to this are Ranger fans, and there's no love lost for the Boston Bruins out there. But be that as it may... I think we have to acknowledge the fact that the Bruins have been a very good team for a very long time and a team that I fully expect to be in the playoff mix once again. To me, it's a team that's always a threat. They're always a threat to go on some kind of a run come playoff time. But this is a long way of saying that the Bruins are a good team, and I think it's just a case where the Rangers simply got outplayed for the first 20 or so minutes of this game, and it does happen from time to time. Like I said, it's very, very difficult to simply just dominate a game for 60 consecutive minutes. So I don't think this is a case where the Rangers did not play a full 60. I think they did. Uh, Maybe it took them a little bit longer than we would have liked to, you know, really find that fifth gear. But I think, you know, they were trying to get there. I think it was an honest effort in the first period, despite at times being back on their heels a little bit. And then, of course, you know, you get a little bit of a spark. Uh, Ryan Strom at the end of the first period scores a goal to get the Rangers to the break, tied at 1-1. You had uh, Dryden Hunt behind the net, and he works the puck to Artemi Panarin. Panarin passes in front to Ryan Strom, and Strom scores, which is six seconds remaining in the first period. So Rangers getting a little bit of a break there, but at the same time, you know, I don't think this is a case where the Rangers didn't show up to play. Like I said, I think the Bruins were just the better team for the first period. It does happen from time to time, and I do think that the Rangers played a full 60 in this game, and typically that's what this team does. They go out there and they play a full 60 minutes. The other thing that I want to talk about here, and I I mentioned it briefly just a couple of minutes ago, but this idea that Igor Shesterkin is carrying this team. I disagree, and that was the case early in the season. There were plenty of games that the Rangers just flat out stole because Igor Shesterkin went out there and stood on his head, and you know, it is what it is. The Rangers needed to play better than that. I think they knew that at the time, and I think that by now you're seeing this Ranger team really kind of start to take flight a little bit here. But this idea that Igor Shesterkin continues to just carry them, I think, is misguided. Let's take a look at, you know, the Rangers' last handful of games here. Let's see how many game, how many goals that they've scored in all these games, excuse me, uh, in, in recent history here. So the Rangers, obviously, yesterday against the Bruins, they score five goals. The game before that was against the Islanders. They got four goals. The game before that was against the Sabres. They got five goals. Game before that was against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They only got one goal in that game, but you know that's the only game that they've lost in, in recent history here, so uh, we'll give them a pass for that one. Uh, the game before that was against the Montreal Canadiens. The Rangers got three goals. Before that was against the New Jersey Devils. They got four goals. Before that was against the Blue Jackets. They got five goals. Before that was against the Panthers. They got four goals. So uh, you get what I'm saying here. The Rangers are starting to put the puck in the net. They're starting to score at the kind of clip that you would expect this team to score at. And this idea that Igor Shesterkin is carrying them, while it was true early in the season, it's certainly not true over these past couple of weeks here. The Rangers are winning because every single player on this roster is contributing. And when that's the case, this is what you get. You get a streak where the Rangers have won seven out of their last eight games. 
And we talked about the Rangers' first goal of the game just a second ago. I want to talk about the second goal here. This is another game-time marker, and, and it comes courtesy of Dryden Hunt. We had a shot from Ryan Lindgren from the blue line. Fox moved it over to Lindgren. Lindgren takes the shot. The save is made, but Dryden Hunt is right there in perfect position for the rebound, and he buries it. And he actually broke the goal camera on this one, and they showed a replay of it. Uh, the camera, you know, from inside the goal there, it sees the puck coming at it, and it just basically breaks the glass is what it looked like. And uh, just a perfect snipe by Dryden Hunt right in the center of the net there. And uh, he gets a goal, ties the score at two. So a nice goal there by Dryden Hunt, Ryan Lindgren with an assist, Adam Fox with an assist. But it leads me into something bigger that I want to talk about. And that's the idea that Dryden Hunt might end up winning this year's Ryan Lindgren Award. And if you're asking yourself what the Ryan Lindgren Award is, it's something that I'm making up right here and right now. Because Ever since this podcast has kind of uh, come into existence here, and really every single season that, I mean, I don't want to say every single season, but a lot of seasons when you're a fan of this New York Ranger team, there's one or maybe even two players that kind of come out of nowhere to have really productive, really strong seasons for this New York Ranger team. These are guys that, you know, didn't necessarily have a lot of hype, a lot of buzz during training camp, during the preseason. Maybe in some instances, they're long shots to even make the New York Ranger roster. And even if they do, you figure they'll be the healthy scratch type of player. And they, against all odds, just completely exceed expectations. And right now, so far this season, I think it's Dryden Hunt. And to kind of go through the years here, the reason it's named the Ryan Lindgren Award, and again, this is a completely fictitious award that I'm just kind of inventing here on the podcast, but Ryan Lindgren, you know, two years ago, nobody was really talking about him going into training camp, and he actually did not make the opening night roster. He started the season with the Wolfpack, but he was called up in fairly short order, uh, played pretty well, but was sent down again, then got called back up, and the rest is history. Ryan Lindgren has been a top four defenseman for the Rangers ever since, and he spent the vast majority of that time playing alongside Adam Fox on the Ranger top pairing. So Ryan Lindgren that season, and somebody that once again, you know, he was in the mix, I guess, but nobody really thought that much of him. He was just kind of there. And the next thing you know, uh, he's an indispensable piece for this Ranger blue line. So that's why the award is going to be named after Ryan Lindgren. And then last season, Colin Blackwell, uh, I would give it to him probably because he came in. He was mostly just expansion draft fodder, it looked like. And, of course, he ended up being taken by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. But this is somebody that no one in the NHL had heard of. I mean, he's 27 years old. He'd only played about 35, 36 games in his, in his NHL career up to that point. And the next thing you know, he gets a chance with the Rangers. He's out there on the fourth line the first couple of games, gets a couple of points, scores a goal or two, and then... He gets a chance to play with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom and took full advantage of it, becoming, you know, a steady contributor for the Rangers in a top six role, just completely out of nowhere. So I think the award last year would have definitely gone to uh, Colin Blackwell. You could maybe make a little bit of a case to K. Andre Miller, but I don't think that that's really in the spirit of the award because Miller, yes, he exceeded expectations last season and even making the opening night roster uh, was kind of surprising. I don't think a lot of us had him earmarked for an opening night roster spot at the beginning of last season. But with Ke'Andre Miller, it's a little different because he was a former first-round overall pick by the New York Rangers, and certainly this is an organization that had high plans for Miller going forward. He just kind of beat the timetable, so to speak. Uh, the true spirit of this award, this is going to guys that we just aren't even thinking about at the start of the season, and then they exceed expectations once again once the season starts. And if you look at Dryden Hunt, he's the guy doing that. I mean, he was on the fourth line, 
And he's one of those players that, again, comes to the Rangers, not a lot of buzz, not a lot of hype, not a lot of fanfare. And I, I certainly talked about him when the Rangers signed him in free agency. But, I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot to say because thus far in his NHL career, he hadn't done a whole lot. In 89 games in, in his NHL career coming into this season, split between the Florida Panthers for three seasons and then the Arizona Coyotes last season, Hunt had played in a total of 89 games, scoring six goals and dishing out 17 assists. So 23 points in 89 career regular season games. And you see why there's not a lot of hype about Dryden Hunt. But again, he has exceeded expectations. And once again, playing that Jesper Foss role with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. Those two guys love playing with Foss. It seems like they like playing with Dryden Hunt as well. And it's just fun. This is a cool story. It's fun to see players come in and exceed expectations against all odds. Just kind of overachieve and carve out a role for themselves that none of us thought that they would be playing at the start of the season. And something else that I wanted to point about Dryden Hunt. We're kind of doing a deep dive here. Uh, I mentioned his career NHL totals. Obviously, only six goals, 17 assists in the 89 games. However, uh, producing points and scoring at a high clip is not a foreign concept for Dryden Hunt. Hunt is 26 years old, and like I said, he's never really uh, produced offensively at the NHL level. However, if you look at some of his stats throughout his hockey career— they actually are quite impressive, and we'll start with the AHL. He's played 214 career AHL games. He has 72 goals and 78 assists in those games. So he averages 0.7 points per game for his career in the AHL, and that's not a small sample size either. Like we just said, 214 games. And I got to call attention to one season in particular that he had in the WHL with the Moose Jaw Warriors. Now, it must be said the WHL is not the NHL, and I get that, but these numbers completely jump off the page, and they will probably shock a lot of you. 72 games for the Moose Jaw Warriors of the WHL that season. He scored 58 goals and had 58 assists. So yes, Dryden Hunt had a season in the WHL where he had 116 points in 72 games. Obviously, he's not going to do anything close to that in the NHL, but somebody who has 116 points in 72 games in any level of hockey, you know, beyond like high school, you got to figure they're at least a threat to score, a threat to put up somewhat respectable offensive numbers in the NHL. And maybe Dryden Hunt can do that. And the simple fact that he's out there with Stroman Panarin, yeah, his points are going to go up. So definitely looking forward to seeing what Dryden Hunt can do. Uh, I think we got to give a lot of credit to Chris Jury for making this happen here because even if Hunt just stays at the level he's at right now, uh, it's looking like, uh, you know, this was kind of a diamond in the rough kind of signing in free agency here and somebody that, uh, you know, for this podcast, one of the early front runners for the Ryan Lindgren Award. And anybody wondering about Dryden Hunt's contract status, uh, he signed in the offseason with the Rangers a two-year, $1.525 million deal. So he carries an annual cap hit of $762,500. He will be under contract with the Rangers next season, and he will be an unrestricted free agent the season after that. And we will continue talking about this Ranger-Bruins uh, matchup in just a second. Once again, a very satisfying win for the New York Rangers. Anthony hit the nail on the head with that one. That is the perfect word to describe this victory. And we will continue talking about all that, including the whole incident between Artemi Panarin and Brad Marchand in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. It's Thanksgiving season, and we all know what that means. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action throughout the Thanksgiving season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, 
boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, and so with no further ado, let's go ahead and dive into everything that happened between Artemi Panarin and Brad Marchand at the end of this game because there is quite a lot to unpack here, and I want to make sure we got enough time to talk about uh, this whole incident from every conceivable angle. So for anybody who might have missed this game yesterday and somehow hasn't heard about it by now because uh, this incident had the whole hockey world buzzing, not just Rangers and Bruins fans, uh, but with 12 seconds left in the game, Panarin's on his bench, Brad Marchand is on his bench, there's obviously some chirping going back and forth, and then Panarin takes off his glove and fires it at Brad Marchand. And then both players, as a result of this incident, I was actually not aware of this at the time, but both of them got 10-minute misconducts, uh, which was a moot point because there were only 12 seconds left in the game and the Rangers were up 5-2 to two by then. But uh, yeah, I, I suppose uh, if there's any side effect from this, it could be that Artemi Panarin's chances of winning the Lady Bing Trophy might take a little bit of a hit. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with what the Lady Bing Trophy is, it goes to the player annually that is judged to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. And I think going by that description, it's fair to say that Brad Marchand has never and will never be a contender for the Lady Bing Trophy. But it is now known, according to multiple reports here, that the Comments made by Brad Marchand to Artemi Panarin involved Vladimir Putin, and he basically insinuated that no Russians like Artemi Panarin. And this obviously harkens back to something that happened last season. If you guys remember, uh, there was an incident last year where there was a political hit piece, or what certainly seems to be a political hit piece, directed at Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin had recently on Instagram, I believe it was, one of the social media networks, I think it was Instagram, had spoken out against Vladimir Putin, and I think had offered some support to one of Putin's political rivals. And then, not too long after that, uh, there's this ridiculous report where Andrei Nazarov, who coached Artemi Panarin back in Russia, alleged that Artemi Panarin many, many years ago had assaulted a young woman. And this caused Artemi Panarin to take a leave of absence last season. I believe he ended up missing three weeks to the day, uh, you know, away from the Rangers. He had to deal with that. He might have, I mean, who knows? I don't want to speak for Artemi Panarin, but obviously, you know, the government gets involved with things like this uh, all the way back in Russia. Artemi Panarin's got family living there. Who knows if they could have been targets? Uh, impossible to say for sure. But the whole thing basically turned out to be nonsense, or at least at this point, I think we can say 99.999% sure that, that these allegations were completely bogus and obviously just coming from a vindictive uh, former coach of Artemi Panarin and somebody that is a known Vladimir Putin supporter. So uh, yeah, I, I think we can pretty comfortably at this point say that it was complete nonsense. But Brad Marchand referencing this this incident that he himself knows to be completely unfounded and completely untrue is absolute garbage. I mean, by this point, what else do you expect from Brad Marchand? I mean, this is pretty much par for the course for him. It should also be noted that Larry Brooks has reported that the Rangers contacted the NHL about the comments made by Brad Marchand. And Marchand, by the way, was wearing a microphone uh, because this was a nationally televised game on ABC. So I don't think even the NHL can screw this up because obviously everything that Brad Marchand should have been caught by that microphone, it will be recorded and there will be no gray area here. Whatever he said uh, will be subject to review by the NHL, I would assume. Uh, but one thing that the NHL has already screwed up is that it has issued a $5,000 fine to Artemi Panarin for throwing his glove at Brad Marchand. Now, let me backtrack just a little bit here because 
when this incident happened, I mean, I'm like a lot of you. I found the whole thing funny, and, you know, Brad Marchand has this coming and a whole lot more coming his way. Brad Marchand, with all the nonsense he's pulled over the years, has more than a glove being thrown at him coming his way is what I'm trying to say here. But I got a good laugh out of it, like I'm sure a lot of you did. Uh, but I, at the time, obviously, when this first happened, and, you know, the game is still wrapping up, I didn't know what Brad Marchand had said to Artemi Panarin, and I was fully prepared to come on here and say that, listen, if this was somebody on the Bruins who took his glove and threw it at a member of the Rangers, you know, maybe Brad Marchand does this to Panarin, then I would fully expect the NHL to have some kind of discipline, not a suspension, but at least a fine of, of some sort. And so I can't 100% backtrack and say that, oh, I'm going to kill the NHL for finding Artemi Panarin. However, I will say that when you compare the fact that Artemi Panarin is getting $5,000 for throwing his glove at somebody, and the player who had the glove thrown at him said something that borders on racism. I mean, let's just call it like it is here. When he's going after uh, Artemi Panarin and saying that none of his fellow Russians like him, I mean, you're bringing nationality and race into it, and everybody's eyebrows are always going to go up when that's the case. And I think the NHL really needs to think long and hard about what kind of discipline they want to impose on Brad Marchand. Nothing has been announced yet. We know that Artemi Panarin is being fined $5,000, but if the NHL doesn't step in and do something here, this is not exactly going to help the perception that there is a culture problem in the NHL. If you find somebody $5,000 for throwing his glove, but you don't find the other person for saying something that borders on racism. I'm not going to come out and say it 100% is, were racist comments by Brad Marchand. I don't want to take it that far just yet. But I think we can at least say that there were overtones. There were racial overtones to this. So if you find the guy that throws his glove, but not the guy who says something that clearly has some racial overtones to it, that is not good. That is not a good look for the NHL. I would think the NHL would want to find Brad Marchand $5,000 if for no other reason than just to kind of, you know, protect themselves, protect themselves against this perception that they don't care about racism, which, as we all know, that has been an issue for the NHL uh, over these past couple of seasons here is, is dealing with, you know, racism in the league. And that's pretty much all I have to say about it for now. I mean, obviously, we'll wait and see if there's any discipline forthcoming for Brad Marchand, but uh, I've long since given up on believing that the NHL will do anything that is right or correct or rational or anything else. It just seems like player disciplines are issued completely at random, so... Uh, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? We'll obviously continue to track this situation going forward, but I figure I might as well at least leave you guys with a quote that I saw from Artemi Panarin on the situation. This is what he had to say about it. It's important to think that I didn't start it. I didn't say good things about him too, but I think when you touch country, it's different. Probably all Russians would want to defend their country. And he's absolutely right. And like I said, you know, whether you want to call this racism by Brad Marchand. I don't know that I can go quite that far yet, but certainly you're bringing racial overtones into this. And the fact that he was, you know, miked for the game and the NHL should have everything that he said recorded, uh, I will be very curious to say to see if and when uh, those comments come out and what exactly he said to Artemi Panarin, because we're going to get it word for word, or we should at least. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Panarin has not lost his sense of humor, though. This is something else he had to say about the in- entire situation, himself being fined $5,000. I lost 5K, but thanks to the old general manager for $11.6 million, I'm good. And yeah, and that goes back to something that I've been talking about as well. These players are not really going to respond to $5,000 fines. I mean, Artemi Panarin especially, because he's making $11.6 million per season. But even guys who are making, you know, $1 million, $2 million, $3 million, $5,000 fine, nothing more than a glorified slap on the wrist. So I think the NHL, just in general, not with Panarin here, because Panarin absolutely should not be suspended for this in any way, shape, or form. But in general, they have to just kind of reassess whether finding players $5,000 is really going to 
have any effect on them whatsoever. I mean, I know we're asking the NHL to think critically and think rationally here, which is a tall order for them, clearly, but I think it's something that nevertheless should be brought to the table uh, the next time all these guys are having one of their meetings or doing whatever it is they do, uh, you know, in the front office of the NHL. But let's go ahead and end this episode on some positives, namely the game-winning goal by Artemi Panarin. And Patrick Nemeth will not get an assist on this play, but he deserves a little bit of a nod here, I think. You know, Nemeth has been a little bit up and down for the New York Rangers, but uh, he did a really nice job. You know, the puck was in the corner behind the Ranger net. He had a Bruin chasing him from behind. He had another guy coming in on the forecheck, and he was able to chip the puck ahead up the boards to Ryan Strom. Now, Strom goes up the left side through the neutral zone, gains entry, passes completely across the ice to the other side to the right wing. Julian Gauthier is there. Gauthier has the puck and he's running out of real estate, but he's able to slide his puck around the stick of a diving Bruins defenseman and he gets it to Artemi Panarin in in the front of the net and Panarin deflects it in from the goal crease. That gives the Rangers a 3-2 lead with just 8.25 remaining. And then uh, another beautiful goal later in this third period, also set up by Julian Gauthier. He was in the neutral zone, Got past a defender. It's a two-on-one for the Rangers, and he makes a great centering pass to Alexi Lafreniere, who gives the Rangers a two-goal lead with three minutes and change remaining. And then Jacob Truba seals the deal, shooting the puck from behind the Ranger goal line all the way down the ice for an empty net goal to make it 5-2. to two. And then, of course, we had all the... Uh, extracurriculars between Artemi Panarin and Brad Marchand, and that's pretty much where things stand now. But hey, the Rangers have won seven out of eight, and uh, you got to be feeling good if you're a Ranger fan. As I was talking about in the intro, I think the biggest positive and the biggest takeaway that I have is that this Ranger team is getting contributions from just up and down the lineup. Every single guy is bringing something to the table on a nightly basis, or in this case, a daily basis, the day after Thanksgiving here. Uh, Just great to see the Rangers going into Boston, not playing their best hockey until, you know, getting into the second period a little bit there, but finding a way to get it done. And that's a common theme with this New York Ranger team as well, just finding ways to win games. Cliche or not, very, very fine line between winning and losing in this league, and the Rangers are finding a way to win some tight, uh, competitive games against some good teams, and that's obviously a positive development for this young New York Rangers squad. Uh, But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore. Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to be breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and the Islanders. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms.